Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Our little pre-show hijinks, we, Julie and I couldn't find our notes, and I remembered that I used the word wimp in uh, one of the in your uh, email. keywords, and so, yep, I got it, Julie, we're good. Anyway, man, dude, what's going on? We should have had this organized about 20 minutes ago. So listen, listeners, we are picking up where we left off on our previous series on this particular topic. It's incredibly important that you go back and listen to the prior shows, and so this is going to be part three, and the names of this series is Your Urgent Attention is Required, Housing Crash Ahead. So why are we doing this? We talked about that a lot in part one, but the real bottom line is is we want you guys to be over-prepared. It's the whole prepare for the worst, hope for the best type approach to life. Um, Now, a lot of you guys have been asking me for some specific uh, specific watch information, like where can you go to actually uh, know what's going to be happening next with housing? Well, I just want to remind you, again, go back and listen to the first show we did on that because we tell you specifically what to do. But ultimately, guys, it is going to be down to you to be paying attention to the early warning signs that we pay attention to, and that's going to be the BPO orders. That's going to be the actual days in the market. That's going to be all that type of stuff. Now, where some of you guys are getting confused is you're seeing down, slowdowns in your market, and you're attributing that to just the normal ebbing and flowing of this time of year. That is a mistake. You need to be comparing year-over-year sales and statistics, and do not allow yourself to be seduced into not taking action. That's the biggest fear I have for all of you because it's happened before. We've seen this happen you know, it happens all the time. It's human nature not to take action until basically the perceived pain of not taking or the perceived pain of taking the action is less than the perceived pain of not taking the action. In other words, most people won't do anything until they absolutely have to, especially something that's going to make them potentially uncomfortable. And why do they act that way? Who knows? I don't care. I'm not a psychologist. It doesn't matter. But just know that we're all wired that way. And knowing that you're wired that way, that should tell you that you can't trust your natural instincts when it comes to basically preparing for the worst, because none of us do a very good job of it. We're terrible at it. You know, it, I don't know why, but just sort of humans aren't really geared towards thinking many steps ahead. So let's not overanalyze or question or, you know, or even really pontificate anymore about why people like to kind of you know, get ahead of their skis with regards to their belief about the future. Um, And let's go back to the very simple fact that there's no doubt we're entering into a recession. Now, will that recession be a huge housing crash? Don't know. Will it be some kind of big historical event like the last one? Don't know. Don't have any of that information. I don't care. What I do care about is that you guys are prepared. You're our podcast listeners. You're our book buyers. You're our coaching clients. You're part of our EXP family. You're part of all these different, you know, groups that Julie and I have formed over the years, and we do not want you to be caught by surprise. So, yeah, if we're a little overly dramatic for the sake of making the point about this particular topic, it's because we have coached people through uh, the ramifications of not being prepared. And we, you know, look, it's voluntary at this point. So if you listen to what we're saying and you choose not to take action on what we're saying, then honestly, at that point, I don't feel like I've left anything on the table. In other words, I feel like I've done the best job I could have explaining to essentially what to look out for, how to prepare. 
And so if you say in the future, um, I wish I would have listened to you, I wish you would have listened to us as well with regards to this particular topic, just so that you don't have to needlessly suffer. And it's not just you that it's going to suffer. It's going to be your family. It's going to be your kids. It's going to be all that. So look, let's not politicize this. Let's not, you know, evangelize this. Let's not do any of that sort of stuff. Let's just focus on being very tactical and practical, which is really the theme of our podcast, is being very tactical and practical and being focused down on what is really relevant. We're all small business owners. You know, you're considered a small business owner until you're doing something like $50 million in actual um, revenue, not sales agents. Oh, I'm doing 50 million sales. No, you're doing 1.5 million or less in revenue, right? Commissions. So until you get your, until you're producing uh, 50 million around, you're considered a small business. So we're all small business owners, and as small business owners, we're the ones that have a tendency to suffer the most when there's any sort of you know aberration in the market, and that feels like what's definitely going to happen. We are doing a really, um, I think we're trying to do our best producing uh, content on our main website, articles, things like that, at timandjulieharris.com. When our um, little publishing crew puts up an article, they're doing it with the idea of educating you guys, but also putting you in a position where you can educate your clients. I mean, that's really the whole goal. Some of you are team leaders, you're brokers, you're, you, know, you have leadership positions in your businesses. Make sure you're sharing this information for the sake of basically helping everyone in your group. So, Julie, let's move on. And we, um, by the way, anything you want to tag on to that or do you want to go to the next point? No, nope, you've got to be tuned in. Otherwise, don't come crying to us when the market sneaks up on you and you go, oh, my gosh, what happened? I should have been paying attention because, you know what, you're right. We did see that last go around. We don't want to see it again. So I think that we wrapped up last week with the cut the fat and focus on profit part, and I think we're in the number four prepare for the worst. So Actually, there were some, there were some uh, tagging okay. on points to point number three. I'm just going to go through these really quick. Cut the fat. Sure. Ask yourself this question daily, where are you making money and where are you using money to subsidize inefficiency in your business? Um, stop buying, uh, you know, go, guys, listen to the previous show because I really drilled on all these points, but stop uh, buyer agent welfare was the biggest point of inefficiency that we're seeing in brokerages and, uh, and teams in, in general. Next would be, I'm going to go through these points quick, but if you want more elaborate, detailed um, information, go back and listen to the previous podcast. So the next point is know your daily cost to exist, your daily uh, personal cost to exist, and your daily business cost to exist. That is a very sobering experience. It's something that keeps things uh, – uh, it really does keep your emotions in line when you realize how much money you actually cost uh, personally. And let's just say personal for the sake of this conversation, your family. So how much does it cost to run your family per day? How much does it cost to run your business per day? So on those particular days, if you're not earning the amount of money that you need to basically cover those particular buckets, then you're losing money by definition. Number point, sub point number two is no, your product must be profit. So be clear about that, guys. Your product must be profit. There's a great book. I don't remember the author, but I love this book. It's called Product, Our Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. So go – I read that book. Julie and I read that book probably uh, – we read it at least once a year. By read, I mean we listen to it at least once a year. So make sure you uh, catch up on that book. Profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. Next sub-point is buying leads, passive lead generation, in a declining market costs more with fewer results. So if you right now have only been in the business really since um, – I'd say most of you have only been in the business since 2009, 2010. Buying leads has become normalized, and you do not know how to proactively lead generate. And here's the definition of proactive lead generation. You talking directly to somebody about buying or selling real estate. What most of you are doing is you do stuff that's passive, and again, you don't know it. 
So when you buy a lead, that's passive. When you're running a Facebook lead, that's passive. When you're running a bunch of you know, stuff on Instagram, hoping people are going to acknowledge you and call you, that's passive. When you're doing centers of influence and past client stuff, unless you're actually picking up the phone and calling them, that's passive. The passive stuff gets slaughtered. It's ass- absolutely handed to it in a declining market. And uh, guys, just you could argue this until the cows come home, but the simple fact is what I'm telling you is true. So if your business is predicated on passive lead generation, you're going to needlessly suffer. All right, next point. Uh, you must, obviously, the counterbalance to that is you must master proactive lead generation. That's what we teach you as part of our coaching program, by the way. There is a place for buying leads. There's a place for passive stuff, uh, sometimes, rarely, but there is. And if you want to do that, you have to do that stuff after you've mastered the pro- proactive lead generation. Um, next subpoint was inefficient, end inefficient branding. Branding is only something that agents buy when the market is on the ascension. In other words, branding is one of those things that you guys – just remember I told you this. A year from now, all the people trying to sell you anything based on the idea that it's important that you have a brand and your branding, notice how all those guys go out of business. And if you're in the business long enough to watch the, you know, the other end of the, the, the cycle, notice how those guys creep back in the business about two or three years after the market starts to recover. That's how it's always worked, guys. And almost, which, I mean, Julie and I were married, uh, were married 28 years as of last Sunday. And we've been in the real estate business. We bought our first house when we were 22 and 23 while we were still in college. And we have seen the market cycles come and go. And all these these businesses in different forms and flavors to sell agents stuff always creep in. And they always creep in and they sell agents based on agents' lack of inform- – uh, frankly, lack of knowledge of how to basically make a good decision about what's smart for their business. And you guys have made the mistake of tuning into false profits who are sucking all your profit and the sucking all your profit part is P-R-O-F-I-T out of your pockets because you think you're supposed to be spending money on all this goofiness. You will see what I just said, again, is true, that when the market starts to adjust, all these branding-type companies and all these lead generation-type companies, they go poof. Because agents don't, can't afford to pay them anymore because the stuff wasn't working in the first place, and they go out of business. And then, like I said, three or four or five years later, they come back in some other form. Unproductive staff. Um, so here's a, here's a thought for all of you. You need to be running, again, I drilled down on this in the previous podcast, but rerunning a monthly profit loss statement on every single team member you have in a declining market. Every single person who's working for you needs to be producing a clear and definable profit, not a customer service person, and they make it so that we can keep our customers happy, so that we can da-da-da-da-da. No, every single person working for you, assuming you have staff, is going to need to be actually producing a profit. How is, what's the simplest way? Every single person for you, find out how much they're costing you per day, and then they have to be earning that amount of money per day by doing BPOs. There you go. There's the simplest and easiest way to do it. We teach you guys how to do BPOs and build a little BPO um, side hustle, if you will, as part of our Premier Coaching Program. A lot of you are in the Premier Coaching Program. It's probably the pop- most popular coaching program there is in the real estate industry, so we're told. If you want to learn more about it, just text the word Harris to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. And when you do, you're going to be given, uh, uh, what is it, six, uh, I think it's six free books 
including the real estate treasure map, and you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and they'll answer all your questions and get you started so you can be ahead of the curve when the market starts to really adjust. The Premier Coaching Program, we've designed it so that it works in all market conditions, all price ranges, and it's been tested, guys. This Premier Coaching Program has been around for ages, and every single day we revise it and we make it better. This is not the same product that it was even last week. It's always getting evolved, always getting changed. So text the word Harris to 31996. If you're on your desktop, you can just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com and download those free books and also then sign up for your free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right. All right. We just talked about BPOs. Uh, here's the next. These are the last points, and then we're moving to point number four. Um, Purge laziness now and forever. Furiously fast lead follow-up is a for example. That's something that Julie and I created, that little term, having furiously fast lead follow-up. But unfortunately, a lot of you guys are, have developed these systems that cause you to be lazy. For example, you get a lead, and opposed to calling that lead back and going right for pre-qualification, finding out they have a house to sell, you put them in some drip campaign and hope and pray that somehow they raise their hand asking to uh, you know, have you guys sell them something. That is an inefficient, lazy business model. The best salespeople in the world, which all of you are hoping to become, whether you know it or not, are people that are not lazy. They're furiously fast, their lead follow-up, and there's a lot of other things. Are are you preparing for every listing presentation the same way? Do you have a pre-listing pack? Are you being ardent on your pricing with regards to repositioning houses on the market when you have listings that are overpriced? Are you mastering the buyer scripts that are necessary for you to know in a, a declining market? These are the types of things that you need to be acknowledging. You know, the simple question is, is where are you being lazy? And I know that question is offensive, but where are you being lazy? Do you have a listing presentation? Just go through all the things in your business that you haven't gotten done. Why haven't you gotten those things done, guys? Next point, purge lace. This is part of the same point. Purge laziness from your pre-call, from your listing presentation, from your buyer presentation. No more than now, more than ever, you need to know the difference between have to and want to sell in terms of motivation. Office leases need to go. If you guys have office space, trust me when I tell you that's what's going to kill you the fastest. So if you have office space. As for your team or your brokerage, you know, have all these ridiculous fixed costs. You're going to see your margins get smaller and smaller and smaller. Be figuring out a way to get rid of the space. You don't need it. EXP Realty has proven that everyone can be incredibly successful working virtually. Julie and I's real estate coaching company is virtual. Our real estate business, when we were selling real estate, was virtual. Every, you know, Amazon is virtual. Netflix is virtual. You guys get the point? So if you think you need to have an office, you don't. That's an old way of thinking. And, look, it's nice to have an office. It's fun to have an office. It's a ego, little ego you know, hit to have an office. But at the end of the day, it's also going to be an anchor that's going to pull you down under the water, and you will drown from the financial expense in a declining market. If all of a sudden you've gotten used to having a listing sell and close within 90 days, what if all of a sudden that takes six months? What if all of a sudden the buyers the, you know, are just taking just as long because they don't want to catch a falling knife? What are you going to do then with all these fixed costs? That's what we're trying to save you from. Personal expenses. Do you honestly know what you spend? And we talked about that in the uh, previous point. And uh, by the way, the real estate treasure map, which we give you free when you text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996, the real estate treasure map will take you through the entire process of creating your business plan. And that includes going through your personal business expenses. And I'll tell you guys what we've discovered from having done a billion uh, treasure maps helping other agents with it is most people uh, think they spend about 50% 
2% less than they actually do. And most people, we've, what we've done the treasure map for, in most parts of the you know, non-coastal America, spend between five and 7500 a month, but they all think they spend three to four. That's what I found consistently. So go through your personal expenses. And last, and before we get to point number four, flips, housing flips in this market are risky. Low margin rentals are risky. If those investment properties go unsold or vacant, you will be drained. And that's the other thing that we saw a lot of people do. Got way too ahead of their skis and their flips. Hard money lending, you know, the whole thing was based on the house being worth more tomorrow than it was today, the whole thing. And what happened to those people? They all get wiped out and they lose their assets. You guys who have been accumulating rental properties where you have virtually no margin, we're making 50 bucks, we're losing 100 bucks. What happens when that goes vacant? In your own personal cash flow sucks. You're going to be hitting, getting double hit. You're going to have to cover the cost of the rental property, and you're going to basically have a own, your own personal cash flow uh, issues. You guys get what I'm saying here? This is the reason. Now, while there's still time, get rid, get rid of the low-margin rentals. Sell them. Okay? Get rid of them. Uh, if you have a bunch of profit from your business this year, maybe pay the mortgage down. And then as far as flips goes, guys, and I don't know, maybe at different parts of the country, maybe there's still a market for that, but you've got to be super careful on doing flips. We are at the end of the cycle. You do not want to get caught when the roller coaster starts going down. Okay. Julie, point number four, and you can Breathe. run with this one. <laughs> yes, I know. Point yes, number by four. the way, all of the, all the coaching that you're hearing from Tim, I mean, and there's a lot. hope you guys are paying attention. All of this applies in any market. It's just that it's so much more important when things are changing on you. So if you don't feel like it's hit you yet, this is your opportunity to prepare. And what you do now makes your business stronger regardless. So point number four, big point number four, prepare for the worst. Here's the rule. Question everything. If it doesn't produce profit, it must go. Why would you keep something around if it's not profitable? Assume that this statement is mostly true. 90% of your success in the last 10 years has been a combination of you being in the right place at the right time, low rates, demographics on your side, housing sector seen as a viable investment vehicle by Wall Street. So, for example, big companies buying and holding real estate, lots of good reporting on real estate. So what if that changed? What if 90% of your success wasn't built from all of those factors and you had to be much more skills-based? That would be a different experience for probably 90% of you. So assume the recession will last longer and go deeper than you want to believe. Don't use historical references. Tim, I have to point out, this is one of the mistakes that I see of people saying, well, there must be a recession coming. And then their next statement being, no, that can't be because it's not just like what we came through, you know, basically a decade ago. It's not going to be identical. The factors are different. There's different things at play. It's probably not going to be as deep, but that doesn't mean you won't be affected. So don't hang your hat on exact comparisons to the last go-around, you'll be very, very inaccurate. Be ready to cut expenses if the following happens. So here are the things, Tim, at the top of our podcast today. You were referring to people asking, what should I watch? So here's your list. Your days on the market in your market extends by even just 30 days. It doesn't have to be, you know, six months. doesn't have to be a year. 30 days makes a difference. So watch your days on the market. And that might not be the same on a $250,000 house as it is on a $750,000 house. Watch everything as you do your CMAs. Mortgage regulations begin to tighten. We're already seeing this. I can tell you from my premier coaching calls, the things that are being asked from buyers are definitely getting to be more strict. 
even buyers that have a decent down payment job history and ratios they're going above and beyond in their documentation. So that's an early warning sign. NODs, we talked about it in an earlier podcast, but notice of default, definitely the uh, tip of the spear, watching those. But more importantly than NODs are BPOs because NODs have a lag time to the reporting. So watch BPO orders. We call it the BPO-ometer or the BPO-barometer. So what did more orders mean? How can you make cash flow from BPOs? It's a good thing for those of you who are running a BPO cash flow business. Keeps you very tuned in, gives you more opportunity, and of course it makes you a better pricer. I've always said nobody should be turned loose as a listing agent until they've done at least 50 BPOs. Because what right do you really have to be an accurate pricer if you haven't ground that out? That's just me. Okay. Next, you personally have to have an absolute minimum, and I, I really, in the treasure map, I think I, I call this more of a six-month thing, but a minimum of 90 days of personal reserves. Why 90 days? Because taxes, emergency, your rentals go vacant. You know, I mean, I hate it when we have more than two or three rentals vacant at the same time, and, you know, we can handle it. It just is a stress point of, oh, my gosh, what if each one of them takes two months to rent? So watch your own vacancies and have at least 90 days of personal overhead so that you can take a week to tap dance and look at your expenses and say, you know what, i got to cut that office lease. I've got to maybe cut an assistant loose. You've got to have time to breathe and not feel like you're chasing the market. That's never a good thing. So savings, by the way, does not include credit lines because credit lines can be pulled from you. This was a real thing. We talked about this on previous podcasts. So if you missed that, uh, yes, that's a real thing. You, but Julie, you think let, you've got let, that credit do, line, it can go away. Well, go that, that's, the, that's such a huge point that these guys don't get. You guys have a home mm -hmm. equity line. Yay, you have you know X amount of money you can tap at a really low Backup interest plan. rate. Right, and that's your backup plan. Listen to your coach, or maybe we're your future coach. Listen to what we're telling you, please, I beg you. Those are the first things the banks, banks pull back on. This is what's going to happen, especially to those of you who have been using your home equity, or it doesn't even matter, it could be equity against rental properties, to do your flips. That is not money. That is borrowing money, okay? Here's what's going to happen. They kill the credit lines. It's in your loan that they can reduce the credit line wherever the hell they want to, and that's what they do. As soon as they – especially – and. <laughs> Because you're in the real estate business. Everybody who's in the real estate yeah. business, when, they're, when they know uh, the real estate business is slowing down, they are going to start making it harder for a real estate, anybody in the industry to get loans. I know it's not fair. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. They're going to make you do more proof. More, they're going to be, look, guys, they know the market's going to slow down. You're going to be affected. But they also pull back on your uh, your secured credit lines. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's what they do. That's what they did. We've seen the banks do that in three previous recessions, and they do it by a nice little thin, nothing really important-looking letter that you unmarked get in the mail. Envelope. Yeah, an unmarked envelope. They'll say, your credit line was you know, previously $100,000, and now it has been reduced to you know, $5,000. Or if you've got money borrowed against it, they'll reduce the credit line down to the amount of money you've borrowed against the credit line. So if you borrowed 15 against you your $100,000 line, then guess what? Your max amount is uh, uh, 15. Here's what else happens. You're, the credit card companies do the same bullshit. I mean, look, Julie and I, who aren't even, you know, we weren't selling real estate. We were coaching. And we have, we're, uh, with American Express, we're, 
essentially the highest level you can be with American Express as far as all the benefits go. But during the recession, they actually made it so that our American – they put our American Express uh, borrowing on a um, – you know, we pay it off every month. But they capped us for like two weeks, and we were like, what the hell are you guys doing? And they said, well, we just basically did it across the board. And they had. What American Express did was they just went through everybody who was um, a high-end uh, user of their services, and they capped all of them on what they – black card people is who I'm talking about, guys. And they capped all of them who they could – you know, basically what they could borrow until they basically fixed out some glitch in their system. I don't even know what it was. It doesn't even matter. But all this stuff happens in a blink. You wake up. You go to bed thinking you've got all your ducks in a row, and you wake up in the morning, and you realize that it's not one thing that's kind of gone awry. It's like five things. That's what happens when you've waited too long. We didn't know that they were going to do that. Fortunately, we had plan B, plan C, plan, you know, it's called cash. We were good. It worked out. It was all fine. We didn't need American Express. American Express could go pound dirt as far as we are concerned. You know, so the moral of the story is you have to be in a similar position with a changing market. Julie, what else do we have on this sub point? <laughs> well, so, but yes, so you had a, a little mini point. Do have credit lines. It's nice to have them set up, but be aware that they are not always what you think they are. So, yeah. you know, it's, so it's do not have, the backup that's right. you think. So do it's have credit lines. Do, do secure your credit lines, but understand it's not the same thing as cash. Okay. Do secure your credit lines, um, and you know. But and who knows? Maybe they will act like they did in the previous recession. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But here it is. You know, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. You guys got to really be paying attention to your fixed costs. That's where all this comes. That's where you get screwed. Because what happens is people take too long to scale back. People take too long to reposition themselves personally to uh, adjust to the adjusting market. They wait too long. They don't reduce personal expense. Well, the first thing they should do, the easiest thing for you guys to do, and I'm not going to step on our next point, Julie, is to reduce your business expenses. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way for you to reduce your business expenses, brokers don't get mad at me, you know it's true, is you need to look at what you're paying your broker. Your broker, and here it is, here are your three biggest areas that you can, well, actually I'll argue two biggest areas that you can proactively and instantly make a positive effect on and increase your cash flow. Number one is your broker's situation. You're probably paying your broker more than you think. If you're buying leads from your broker, you definitely are. So you have probably made a, a decision to join a specific brokerage or brand that made sense when you did it, but won't make sense when the market changes. I want it, and look, guys, Julie and I are associated with EXP Realty. Why are we associated with EXP Realty? Because we are positive that for a vast majority of the agents in the country, and Canada, and Australia, and England, it is by far the best brokerage model that we have ever seen for the sake of what's best for agents. If you you want to talk to me about eXp Realty, all you got to do is just text me directly on my cell phone. Yes, this is my real cell phone, 512-758-0206. So just text me on my cell phone, 512-758-0206, and I'll be more than happy to talk with you about eXp Realty. The second biggest thing that you guys spend money on are all the things that we always kind of hammer on on our podcast, the branding, the teams, the, you know, all those types of things. That's the second biggest area of obvious waste that you guys can cut back on. And I, don't, I mean, there's a third area, but frankly, I don't feel comfortable talking about it on a, uh, 
uh, podcasts like this. If you guys want to talk to me about switching brokerages, if you guys want to talk to me about eXp, if you want to have a private coaching call, I'll tell you about the third thing. But for the sake of this podcast, considering the size of the audience, those are the, the two I feel most comfortable talking about uh, with you all. So what do we have, Julie? I think we have time for one more point, don't we? Oh, yes. Julie has to go to PC. She's already signed off. She just walked past my door. All right, so here's the thing. When we talk about uh, savings, um, here's what we're talking about. Julie mentioned this. Um, cash savings is what you need. Now, cash savings to support 90 days worth to support your business and support your, your home, Hope, you know, your, your, uh, your family, right, your homestead, right? So you need to have 90 days worth of savings. 90 days worth of savings is really important because that gives you some breathing room. Now, some of you have a lot more than that. I know some of you have a year or two or three years worth of savings, and that's fantastic. Some of you are going to need to get rid of the inefficient rental properties that you have, or you're going to need to sell a boat that you don't use or a car that you have emotional attachment to that just sits there and you, know, doesn't, you don't use it. You need to get rid of de- depreciating assets to raise cash so you have a financial reserve. Don't question this. Here's what's going to happen. You, no, Tim, I'm not selling my boat. Look, I only use this damn thing once in a blue moon. I know it costs me a lot. I know it never works when I want to use it, but I'm not going to sell my boat. Okay, here's what happens. Six months from now, holy crap, I wish I would have sold my boat. And then you're going to be selling your boat into a market that's in recession, and no one's going to give you the same amount of money. You guys understand what I'm saying here? This is the hoping for the, this is, you know, hoping for the best but preparing for the worst. Raise cash now. Raise cash now that's equivalent to the 90 days of savings you need for your business and personal. Does this make sense? Hopefully it does. All right, good. So here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow we're going to talk about um, point number five. Point number five is my favorite point. Um, and uh, it's, it's called In the Ego Business Models. 99% of all brokers and teams will cause slow financial suffocation inevitable, and inevitable financial death. And the rule for point number five is there is a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. So you guys are really going to like that one because there's a lot of you that are running these business models and you have been building your teams and your brokerages for so long, you don't realize this, but you're no longer making business decisions. And guys, I've been there. I've done that. I understand, right? I'm probably doing that now. I'm just for different things in our business. I'm just not conscious of it. What happens is, is that when you start, when you spent so much time building your brokerage, you spend so much time building your team, you lose sight of the whole purpose of being in business in the first place, which is to make a profit and create financial freedom for yourself and your family. You lose sight of it, and you allow other things to sneak in and prioritize themselves over your own ability to create financial freedom for yourself. And that's what you have to come to Jesus with yourself about. You need to look at these things. And you need to recognize that you are in business to make a profit. Your product is profit. Your product is not all these other sort of emotional things that are, you know, that sometimes take a more powerful position in your minds, in your hearts, than actually producing profit. And so it's the ego stuff. Like, for example, a lot of you guys have these teams. You've been doing, busting your, you know, just going crazy going up and down the hiring and the firing and the agents quitting on you and the whole thing. You've been doing this for years and you're just so much in, you've doubled, tripled down on the belief that you're going to get your business to this mythical seventh level, right? That's what you're thinking. And why? Because everyone told you that's what you were supposed to do. Everyone told you you were supposed to have a business where everything's delegated. You're, you're supposed to somehow, why? Have you ever asked yourself why the hell you're doing that? 
Here's the answer. You, you didn't ask why you're supposed to do that. You just believed the people that were telling you you were supposed to do that. If you had decided that in, when you got into business, your goal was to make money. If you had stayed true to that, your goal being profit, your goal to create wealth for yourself and your family, you never would have been seduced by all these people that are trying to sell you stuff that only works in a buoyant market. You wouldn't have been so seduced by the branding and the marketing and the teams and all this other stuff because those things do not produce profit for the person that's taking all the risk. And that's primarily those of you who are listening to this podcast right now. So the simple fact is, is that now is the time before it's too late for you to recognize the fact that – and give your self-permission to accept and move past maybe a decision that you made five or six years ago about your team and or your brokerage and now it's time for you to say you know what this is no longer this particular path that I'm on is not getting me to the point where I'm able to experience financial freedom Latin for freedom by the way guys is libertas so you're not you're actually experiencing less freedom because now you have the financial burden of all these you know all the the remnant remnant effect of all these decisions that you made five six seven maybe ten years ago and you're looking for a reason you're looking for someone to tell you you're not a failure if you end that cycle and I'm telling you that if you do not end that cycle, if you do not walk away from your unprofitable business, your unprofitable business model, then you are a failure. Right now, for you to quit, you're still ahead. If you quit while you're on the dissension and where you're struggling and you've burned through all your personal savings and you blew your kids 529s and you maxed out your credit cards and you made yourself financially bankrupt to support a bankrupt business idea after you've been exposed to what we're exposing you to now, then you've made a bad decision. Now you're making a good decision. You're changing direction and getting rid of an inefficient business model. That's what all of you need to be accepting right now. Most likely, all of you are following an inefficient business model that will not survive you know, and will not allow you to thrive in a changing real estate market. Please recognize what I'm saying is true. It is true. Businesses with less than 10%, brokerages with less than 3% margins, that is not a good business model in a great market. It is a terrible, you know, financial death-inducing uh, business model in a declining market. Guys, doesn't it just make sense what I'm telling you is true? I know it does. Doesn't it feel like common sense? It's because it is. So listen, we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. If you guys would like to get hold of me, feel free to text me at 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.